It's Friday, November 17, 2023, and I'm Dave Sobel. Five things to know today. Remote work and revenue unveiling the link in the latest corporate studies. A private equity warning and U.S. channel growth forecast at the Canalis Forum keynote. Rethinking cybersecurity, how cybercriminals exploit legal systems in attacks. Microsoft expands Copilot AI to Windows 10 and Apple adopts RCS and our Friday Big Ideas. This is the business of tech. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sir. So let's revisit remote work. And these first two surveys will tell you why I couldn't resist the catnip. A recent Goldman Sachs report supports the claim that remote work is not the cause of declining productivity growth. The report points out that productivity growth has either stalled or dropped over the past five years, which is attributed to the natural tendency of trend productivity growth to fall over time. The concept of total factor productivity is also discussed, which describes the growth a company or nation can achieve without adding to its labor force or capital. While adopting generative AI could potentially offset the growth slowdown, it's still considered premature. Overall, the report suggests that the sputtering productivity growth rate is more like business as usual and not solely caused by remote work or other modern trends. But even better, a survey by Boston Consulting Group found that companies allowing work from home have experienced four times faster revenue growth compared to those strict about office attendance. Companies fully flexible or remote work showed a 21% increase in sales between 2020 and 2022, while companies with hybrid or on-site setups only saw a 5% revenue growth. This suggests that embracing remote work may provide a competitive advantage. So with those two data points, I couldn't resist this one too. According to a Glassdoor report, by early 2024, there will likely be more Gen Zers working full-time than baby boomers. Gen Zers have different priorities and values, such as transparency and diversity, compared to older generations. Millennials will still be the largest group of full-time workers for several years, Gen Xers are preparing for retirement. Companies may need to adjust their culture and benefits to attract and retain Gen Z talent. Now, why do we care? This might be a critical moment for choices about how companies operate. The productivity decline isn't a remote work problem. And in fact, remote work offers more than just employee satisfaction. It could be a strategic advantage in the competitive business world. I remain in the business of finding competitive advantages and will leave remote work firmly in that column. At the same time, there's a generational shift in the workforce. This isn't just about accommodating a new generation. It's a strategic move to ensure companies remain attractive and competitive in the talent market. And let me observe, maybe you can learn something from this younger generation who is educated based on the insights of those previous generations. Their parents taught them this. The IT services industry in particular should take note of these trends as they directly impact talent acquisition, productivity, and ultimately business growth. 
I may go long today as next week is full of interviews. I didn't want to miss some good stories. At the Canalis Forum North America, data about the MSP market was shared, including the total value of managed services in North America in 2022 at $190.6 billion, with 81,655 partners delivering managed services in North America. Some rapid-fire data on high-performing MSPs. Pricing of $150 to $200 per user per month, 40% plus service gross margin, incentives on renewals versus new customer acquisitions, and 30 minutes maximum per support ticket. The opening keynote discussed the changes in the world over the past three years and warned about private equity potentially being the next bust. It was also noted that U.S. channel growth is expected to return in April 2024. Additionally, mega trends and predictions for generative AI in the channel by 2026 were highlighted, generative AI, sustainability, cybersecurity, and optimization. According to a survey by software marketplace Captera, nearly three in five companies regretted at least one of their software purchases from the last 12 to 18 months. Buyer's remorse can be costly, with over half of respondents experiencing a significant financial hit. Misalignment between vendor sales and implementation teams, higher-than-expected costs, and difficulties with onboarding and training were among the pain points cited. Despite the risks, businesses continue to invest in software, with software spending expected to grow 8% in 2024. Hidden costs and the shift to usage-based fee structures contribute to buyer remorse. A recent study by McKinsey reveals that 50% of CEOs prioritize the creation of new revenue streams through new products, services, or businesses for strategic growth. The report highlights the increasing importance of establishing new businesses that require developing new capabilities. The study also identifies emerging trends in new business creation, such as the focus on data, analytics, and AI platforms, physical products, everything-as-a-service businesses, and connected products associated with the Internet of Things. CEOs are venturing into unexplored territory to drive resilient growth, and businesses that introduced multiple new companies experienced significant growth in new revenues. Accumulating technical debt and allowing cowboy IT practices can lead to increased cybersecurity vulnerabilities and hinder innovation, according to a survey by CompTIA. Technical debt is a challenge for 74% of organizations, while 78% are negatively impacted by cowboy IT and shadow IT. Failure to address technical debt can result in serious problems such as ransomware attacks and data loss. Organizations are prioritizing improving technology processes to reduce technical debt and cowboy IT, focusing on better business technology connection, customer experience, cybersecurity posture, and compliance with external regulations. Now, why do we care? The last three surveys point right at the value of improving technology processes to address the challenges, prioritizing cybersecurity compliance, and enhanced customer experiences. These are all the core value of IT services companies. And businesses are still willing to invest heavily in software, albeit with increased caution. Good advice remains highly valued. I know listeners will be interested in the first data sets for a baseline on their businesses. As I'm doing a longer show today, let's get into the security stories too. 
for coverage in the register, organizations are struggling to implement adequate logging measures, making it difficult for defenders and incident responders to identify the cause of InfoSec attacks. In many cases, cyber criminals disable or wipe telemetry and logging capabilities in order to evade detection and maintain access within a system. Lack of logging is often due to resource constraints and limited IT capacities, but it can also indicate attempts to cover up an attack. Implementing strict access controls, regular backups, SIM systems, and immutable logs can help prevent logs from being wiped. Logs are crucial for detecting and investigating security incidents, as well as for performance monitoring and resource access control. Ransomware attacks are becoming faster, with dwell times measured in hours rather than days. Increasing friction for attackers can buy valuable response time and mitigate the impact of attacks. I've wondered why there hasn't been an arrest for the MGM hack. Reuters reports that according to cybersecurity responders, the FBI has struggled to disrupt a cybercrime gang targeting corporate America for the past two years. The FBI has known the hackers' identities responsible for the casino hacks, but there have been no arrests. The group, known as Scattered Spider, has caused significant damage to companies has been difficult to track due to its loose-knit structure. The FBI's investigation has faced challenges, including a lack of staffing and victims' hesitancy to cooperate. And here's a new tactic. A ransomware group known as Alpha V and Black Cat has filed a complaint with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, or SEC, against Meridian Link, accusing the company of failing to disclose a data breach within the required time frame. The cyber criminals claim to have stolen customer data and operational information and are threatening to leak it unless a ransom is paid. This is the first time a ransomware group has filed an SEC complaint against a victim. Why do we care? I just want to observe that cyber criminals are using the system against us and our own defenses are underfunded. Despite knowing the identities of the hackers, the FBI hasn't been able to make arrests. The FBI's efforts are hampered by staffing issues and the reluctance of victims to cooperate. That second one is something this community can directly help with, and the first, well, that's your civic vote. Back after this message from a supporter. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Two big pieces of news you can use. Microsoft is bringing its Copilot AI Assistant, discussed heavily yesterday and currently available on Windows 11, to Windows 10. The rollout will start with Windows 10 Insiders on the Release Preview channel and will take place over the next few months. However, Copilot on Windows 10 will have some limitations compared to the Windows 11 version. It will be available as a shortcut on the taskbar and provide a chat window for interaction. Certain functionalities, such as customizing preferences and opening applications with simple commands, will not be available in the initial release. Copilot on Windows 10 will be enabled through a controlled feature rollout and available only in select markets. And Apple has announced that in 2024, 
iPhones will support RCS messaging, the standard most Android phones use. This will enable features like read receipts, typing indicators, high-res images and videos, and location sharing between iPhone and Android devices. However, it's clarified that this is not Apple opening up iMessage to other platforms. The move may be a response to regulatory pressure from the European Union's Digital Markets Act. Why do we care? Copilot on Windows 10 widens the potential customer base by a lot. Just add that to all the stories from yesterday. As for that last one, those who hate green versus blue bubbles may feel just a touch better next year. But the green bubbles are not going away. And we'll end the week with some Friday big ideas. Gartner has a solid guest post over on CIO Dive. Cloud IT service providers can enhance their value proposition by offering bundled services that combine different technologies to address specific use cases and drive better business outcomes. By focusing on business outcomes and creating comprehensive bundles, providers can improve digitalization outcomes, offer detailed management insight, reach more users and use cases, lower costs, and achieve greater market share. To create bundled offerings, providers should prioritize specific use cases, partner with public cloud providers, understand the target audience, define and understand the desired business outcomes, create service tiers, bundle complementary services, determine pricing models, develop user-friendly documentation, and consider offering trial periods. MSPs talk about virtual CISO officers, but what about fractional AppSec? From dark reading, fractional security consulting firms like Zatic offer small companies access to unicorn-level AppSec expertise part-time, helping them establish and maintain a secure development process. The goal is to instill a security-by-design ethos from the start, enabling companies to grow with a strong security foundation. If you're interested in the potential change software coders are considering, James Summers writes a piece on the craft in The New Yorker. Let me just quote from it. Quote, Bodies of knowledge and skills that have traditionally taken lifetimes to master are being swallowed at a gulp. Coding has always felt to me like an endlessly deep and rich domain. Now, I find myself wanting to write a eulogy for it. I keep thinking of Lee Sedol. Sadal was one of the world's best Go players and a national hero in South Korea, but is now best known for losing in 2016 to a computer program called AlphaGo. Sadal had walked into the competition believing that he would easily defeat the AI. By the end of the days-long match, he was proud to have eked out a single game. As it became clear that he was going to lose, Sadal said in a press conference, I want to apologize for being so powerless. He retired three years later. Sadal seemed weighed down by a question that has started to feel familiar and urgent. What will become of this thing I've given so much of my life to? And I'll end with this story. I haven't covered the chaos on the former Bird app, but I did want to highlight an article about NPR and its departure from Twitter. Six months after NPR left Twitter due to being labeled a U.S. state-affiliated media by Elon Musk, the effects have been negligible. Traffic from Twitter accounted for less than 2% of NPR's overall traffic, and leaving the platform resulted in only a one percentage point drop. 
While Twitter provided a reputation-building platform and credibility, NPR and other stations have found alternative ways to engage with their audience, such as live blogs and other social media platforms like Instagram. IBM suspended all their advertising there just this week. Why do we care? So this should be a good collection of big ideas for you to consider. That last one is less a big idea and more something to take to customers right now. If you or your customers are worried about giving the bird the bird, there's some data to tell you it will all be fine. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thanks for listening. Today, National Unfriend Day. Thanks for not unfriending me. Crazy fact of the day, during Taylor Swift's Eras Tour, fans used record amounts of data on AT&T's network. The busiest day at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, saw 28.9 terabytes of data moved just on the AT&T network setting a record for any event at any stadium this year. This weekend, an interview to dive into automation with an author who has a systematic approach for that. And all next week, you'll get interviews. There are some good ones, and I'm excited to hear your feedback. I'll return on Monday the 27th with more news, and happy Thanksgiving to my U.S. listeners. The Business of Tech is written and produced by me, Dave Sobel, under ethics guidelines, posted at businessof.tech. If you like the content, please make sure to hit that like button and follow or subscribe. It's free and easy and the best way to support the show and help us grow. You can also check out our Patreon, where you can join the Business of Tech community at patreon.com slash mspradio or buy our Why Do We Care merch at businessof.tech. Finally, if you're interested in advertising on the show, visit mspradio.com slash engage. Once again, thanks for listening to me. I will talk to you again on our next episode of The Business of Tech. Part of the MSP Radio Network.